I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Here's Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. So this poll is getting some attention. It's just it's it's interesting. I think it speaks more to the way we take in information than anything else. In that uh, we get information from different places. The information is different, and so we have different views. Um, we're not all coming at stories from a shared set of facts. That's a real problem for how a democracy is going to work. But here's a good example of it. So Gallup asked people, uh, should healthy people live their normal lives as much as possible? Of course. (laughs) Only 44% of respondents said that healthy people should still stay at home as much as possible to avoid contracting and spreading the coronavirus at this point. 44% overall in America, and I wish it wasn't that high. But if you break it down by party, 71% of Democrats still believe that Americans ought to stay home. Why in the world would I do that? I don't know. To avoid what? I'm fully vaccinated. There's risk every single day. There's disease every single day. Why am I doing that now? I don't know. I I just, I don't know. I don't know what information uh, people who tend to be on the left are hearing that makes them feel that way. Or if it's some sort of signaling to my tribe thing. I don't know. Like I said, I lived in one, I live in one of the leftist towns in, uh, in America and masks everywhere outside. Outside, there are masks everywhere. That's people, insane. People that are clearly a couple, like they appear to be a husband and a wife walking their dogs with masks. You live together, so you don't have to worry about each other. You're probably vaccinated, almost certainly, and uh, and you're outdoors. So, I mean, there is a zero chance you could get or spread the virus. So, I don't know. I don't know if it's a signal thing or not. Remember the 
uh, that hog kid who is the activist about uh, gun violence. Uh, left He's the not an overeater. That's his last name. That's his last name. Yeah. He said, I feel like I need to wear a hat that says I'm not a Republican if I'm going to go maskless. So there yeah. is a concern among some crowds that people think, wait a second, are you a Trump fan not having a mask on? So some people are wearing their mask for that reason. But but I wouldn't think that that would factor into the poll of should people get back to their normal lives. 71% of Democrats say no. Okay. Well, and you mentioned this briefly in the last hour. The uh, numbers among independents were striking to me. Um, Do I have that in this version of the poll? I don't know. Let me go back uh, to the old version. I happen to remember because okay. it struck me. Uh, 64% of independents said people should get back to their normal lives. Yeah. So the gulf between Democrats and everybody else is enormous. Yeah, 87% of Republicans, dang near 9 out of 10 Republicans, said it's time for people to start living their normal lives. And two-thirds of independents. But Democrats are a complete flip. 71% say, no, stay home as much as possible. Yeah, way out of step with even independents. Like, way out of step. Not even close. So there are two political aspects of this, I think. Number one, the siloed information, which you point out. Um, uh, number two, the tribal signaling, which is unquestionably a factor. And number three, and I think you and I and people like us, maybe even our listeners are in danger of forgetting this all the time. Since we're all like really into what's happening and what's news and what's true and what's the latest. I think a lot of America, it's weeks or months until they hear important information it just doesn't filter down to them because they're not particularly into news yeah i don't know it explains uh some interactions i've had over the last couple of months with people um people that lean toward things being shut down and still not going out and all that sort of stuff yeah but i mean the fact that democrats and independents are mirror images of each other or, or opposites or however you want to phrase it yeah I mean, that's just that the left is way out there on this. Oh, speaking of which. I wonder how long that lasts. I mean, if you're wearing a mask at this point, you're in a town where uh, practically everybody's probably vaccinated. You're outdoors. You can't catch it. Catch me outside. How about that? I wonder how long that will last. There's the coronavirus. Uh, I, I don't know. It's so strange to me. I, I can't predict how it's going to progress because it's it's mental illness. Practically. This is from the Department of Unintentional Comedy or or Nearly Laughable Tragedy or something like that. The new uh, mask rules for Cal Unicornia from the California Division of Occupational Safety and Health or Cal OSHA. It voted to loosen workplace mask rules on Thursday. These are the new crazy loose rules. Now, I happen to have been traveling lately to several states, and uh, a lot of y'all in other states are going to think, this must be a rerun from last May. <laughs> a and G are on vacation or something. Right. No, this is, he says, grabbing his phone. This is Tuesday, June 8th, the year of our Lord 2021. These words are being spoken. Starting June 15th, everyone in an indoor workplace must wear a mask if there is at least one person who is unvaccinated. If every single air-sucking homo sapien is vaccinated, masks can be removed. All right, let's start there. (laughs) So you got one holdout and everybody else has to be masked? How much hatred is that going to cause? And what is that for? The vaccinated people can't spread it, so it's highly unlikely. Yeah. Well, but so what's the point? 
the tiny, tiny incremental chance that that unvaccinated person could catch it from one of the vaccinated people. Well, that's almost zero. Well, it's caution to the point of, of the word paranoia is overused. I mean, I'm using it as the medical definition of paranoia. It's, it's caution to the point of being mentally ill. Hmm. That really doesn't the, make any mathematical sense. You want to guffaw people in the 49 We're other following states. following the science. And uh, certainly listening around the world, the state's current rules, because remember, this this doesn't come into play for a week. And even if the there state- were like a 10% chance that you could spread it to the one non-vax person, that's your problem. You chose right, not get to a get vaccine. vaccinated. Or don't. Take your risk with the, if you're young, if you're under 60, you're probably not going to die anyway. So, you know, fine. I get your, I get your, why you, go ahead. But why are we all changing our behavior for you? This is straight out of Kafka or, or Solzhenitsyn or something. You got 50 employees. One of them is not vaccinated. And your, your solution is the other 49 need to do something special and, and then burdensome, if you ask me. So anyway, that's the, the brave new rules. The current rules require everyone to wear a mask regardless of vaccination status. And these rules remain in effect until 2022, at least. But. Workers who are indoors have to stay at least six feet apart until the end of July, even if they're vaccinated. Okay. That's just idiotic. Employers can provide respirators, masks, to unvaccinated workers to get rid of the social distancing requirements, which will go away entirely in August. All of these different dates and everything. Uh, businesses are supposed to supply masks if they're needed. Kalosha will require employers to have documentation confirming that workers are fully vaccinated before you can take off your masks. And you got to report that to the state, I guess, where they aren't keeping track and don't care, I'm sure. And these are these rules are far stricter than the federal guidelines right now. And there's practically no covid in California. It's just insane. Who supports these new rules? This is a good Q&A in the San Francisco Chironicle. Worker union groups, including the California School Employees Association and California Labor Federation, supported the new rules. Not over, and masks will help ensure worker safety. Who opposes the new rules? More than 60 business groups, including the California Chamber of Commerce. Um, but because the unions own California, those rules stand. So there you go. That's how your government works. It's unbelievable. 49 people vaccinated, one not. The 49 got to throw on masks. Unreal. I'd say. Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Uh, have you ever heard of the concept switching topics of limitarianism? Are you a, a <laughs> limitarianist? Limit, limitarianism. I, I, d- <laughs> I doubt it. Limitarian. That's what it's called. Anyway, so I've I, never been great about knowing mine, for instance. <laughs> My limits. <laughs> I think I can have one more. The circuit. Now, granted, I was 19, I think, when somebody said this to me. He said, Joe, I figured you out. You do everything to excess. Mm. Partying, studying, music. Women, everything's to excess. Maybe you should be a limitarian. So I came across a couple of different articles just bouncing around all the big Sunday papers yesterday where people were talking about, uh, you know, there's just, there, there's a, there's a number of people that have too much money. They just make too much money. And 
it all comes on the heels of USA Today's got another cover story about it today. Yet another cover story about um, those IRS files that came out last week. Remember the top 25 people, was it? The top 25 richest people in America didn't pay any tax. Income uh, tax. Income tax last year, yeah. Excellent pointing that out, Sean, because they pay all kinds of other taxes. But um, that story got so much attention, it's still on the front page of USA Today after a week. And the whole story is stupid. Right. USA Today may be the farthest left newspaper among the formerly, you know, down-the-middle types. And even that was suspect back in the day. They're so far left, it's amazing these days. But anyway, out of that story... Um, and again, as I pointed out last week, Joe, you were gone uh, briefly. You're not hearing any clamoring by Democrats or Republicans in Congress to change the laws. Correct. None. Nobody has proposed anything. You know why? Because they make sense, most of these laws. It's a combination of either they make sense or they're benefiting from them, too, because most people in Congress are rich. But a lot of them make sense that you can carry your debt forward for however many years and put off your taxes, blah, 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 offset it to grow businesses, which helps all of us. Nobody, Nobody's changing these. They act like it's a, a scandal that these people aren't paying taxes. Does it occur to you that nobody in Congress is wanting to change these rules? No, right. and it's for good reason. Did you see, it was over the weekend, I think it was in the New York Times, had this unbelievable piece about v- private venture capital companies and how they have written the tax codes through their compliant friends in Congress and the Senate. They're extremely generous with campaign contributions, contributions to PACs, whatever, hiring people's relatives. They own the government. You don't. So uh, this opinion piece in the Washington Post got my attention. Is it time to limit personal wealth? And they referenced that article and how how rich some of these people are, Warren Buffett, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, and how little taxes they play. Yes, every billionaire is a policy failure, they state, as if that's just obviously true and we all Uh, agree. Stop right there. Idiotic statement. Utterly idiotic. Every billionaire is a policy failure. But more than that, every billionaire is a failure of our own imagination. It's truly incomprehensible that there are so many billionaires and they pay so little taxes. A world where billionaires are impossible is what we need. There is, wow, so far, there's been nothing resembling logic in this. Doing so would require a revised conception of what is good and what is fair, an approach focused less on what is allowed and more on what is enough. Does that sound far-fetched? Such a philosophy already exists. The philosophy is called limitarianism, which suffers at least partially from its difficult difficulty to say and 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 also because of its idiocy director of the fair limit project a philosopher a philosopher named ingram rubens argues that it is not morally permissible to have more resources than are needed to fully flourish in life on the other hand shut up just as there is a poverty line under which we agree that no one should fall, limitarianism holds that there is a wealth line over which no one should rise and that the world would be better off for it how do you not understand the the simple economics of the problem of your philosophy? I just think it's it's like a religious faith that some people have. You just never question it. You can't. 
Why do we assume that individuals should be allowed to keep as much as they can grab? And how responsible are we for one another? What would happen if we limited the accumulation of great wealth? And what would a happy medium look like? Surely, and this is the, my favorite part, this is really the reason I did this story at all, surely the prospect of having only $999 million would not stop innovators in their tracks. Um, yes, it would, actually. It actually would stop many innovators in their tracks if they were limited in how much money they could make. A lot of the companies that made the COVID vaccine uh, and people are going to profit would not have bothered. Um, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, a lot of these people would not do all kinds of things if they were limited in how much money they could, they could have. Perhaps not at the beginning, but at the point that the company or their shares in the company are worth $979 million, yes, they would absolutely lose the incentive to continue to grow. Well, how do you not understand that? Well, Bezos is worth 158 now? Something crazy like that. If he were only, if he were limited to 999 million, how much stuff would not have happened? Same with Elon Musk. Um, and even if it did stop some, would the trade off be so bad? You are a moron. Well, and or you have granted yourself enormous power this, to decide these things and to impose these things. Who elected you king of the universe? This person is saying that if innovators did stop innovating because of they weren't because of the fact that they weren't going to be allowed to go past a billion dollars, would that be so bad? Wow. You live in a completely different universe than I do. Boy, they really need to read Stephen Pinker's Enlightenment now. Now. God, that's stupid. Or look around you and understand human ma- human nature a little bit. No. You, th- you think everybody's nope. busting their ass to uh, develop an, a, an electric car company that changes the world or um, an online shopping system that changes the world or any of these things just because they're really into it or because they think they're going to build something un- in- un- unbelievably w- uh, profitable? Or wow. both, but... Yeah, oh, I did. sure. You know, the only thing that person's ever innovated is the world's stinkiest crap heap of ideological tripe. You'll take no risks. Scent. Yeah. You'll take no risks to make that second billion dollars if you're limited to the first. Right, right. And and these days, a really innovative idea can make a billion dollars in the blink of an eye. That's just, I, I don't know. I, I would rather hear a dog barking through the night than that person's opinion ever again. And I said I came across it several times. That was a, an opinion piece put in the Sunday Washington Post. And just moronic. I think the fact that I saw that reference several times means something. I read the news. I've been reading the newspaper a lot for a lot of years. I don't remember coming across that just flat-out communist weirdo ideology so prevalently placed in our nation's newspapers yeah i i swear i've never heard the term limitarianism ever no the big take from bloomberg news brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world western nations like the u.s and europe mexico will likely have its first female president and then you have china and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. 
Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Those who have been blessed the most, who have disproportionately extracted by whatever skill more and more from the national wealth, they're going to have to share more of that. Yeah, the former governor of California, he believed in libertarianism. Extracted from the public wealth. Huh. That's an economic theory that means nothing. Yeah, I tell you what, there's a lot of kids getting indoctrinated into this stuff, though. I don't know, it's a little scary if you ask me. Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. And now, people on TV lose their shit over the phrase hot vax summer. The hot vax summer. That's what they're calling it, ladies and gents. I can't make this up. You know why? Because last summer was hot girl summer. Was it? So they just substituted that word. All right. All that stuff, no place to go. It's a hot vax summer. I'm dressed for hot vax summer. The hot vax summer. Hot vax summer. Hot vax summer. Hot vax. Hot vax summer in the city. <laughs> no. So play on the hot girl summer from Megan Thee Stallion. Three words, hot vax summer. Local news anchors all using that term that I refuse to say. That made me less alive. It did. It did. That, that sucked my will to live. You know how they said uh, every time you smoked a cigarette, it took seven minutes off your life? That <laughs> took at least seven minutes off my life. <laughs> By the way, we just got an email about the California AR-15 ruling and Cal- quote-unquote California-compliant AR-15s from Al Anonymous. They make stupid laws. We work around them. We've always been able to buy as many AR-15s as we can afford. They just have silly-ass workarounds. Help yourselves. There's a link to the you know the supplier. Yeah. And a lot of it is the uh, there are a variety of scary-looking things that you can't have on your AR-15 that don't really have much to do with its effectiveness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Jeff Bezos, force for good or evil? Uh, I think he's a scary dude, and uh, whether it's Amazon or the Washington Post, uh, I just get chills when I think about him. But (laughs) is he the richest guy in the world at this point? 
Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah, anyway. Quite, quite a bit, I believe. He's quitting his job and getting well, shot into space. If you don't count Vladimir Putin. Right. Somebody who legitimately got their money, Jeff Bezos is the richest man in the world. Yeah. About $180 billion last time I looked. Right, crazy. So he is stepping down as CEO of Amazon and blasting himself into space. Good. He and he his... He Pluto, he gets no, as far away as possible. I think they're coming back, actually. Oh. He and his brother Mark will board the first human flight of New Shepard, a suborbital rocket system developed by his aerospace company, Blue Origin. Um, he says, since I was five, I've dreamed of traveling to space. On July 20th, I will take that journey with my brother, and Andy Jassy will assume the CEO position. So he's stepping down and, and flying into space. Hmm. After that, I do not know. Yeah, he's trying to, you know, it's a good idea. It's a publicity stunt to draw attention to the fact that, hey, Elon Musk not the only rich guy with his own rockets. I got my own rockets, too. Not only that, I'm on one of them. Yeah, so pretty good idea. I wonder if he'll retake the reins if he doesn't blow up in space. Is that a preemptive step just in case? Mm. Nah, because you could have the succession plan in place, and old Andy Jassy could step up to the mic and say, I'm in charge now. I got to believe his likelihood of perishing in this flight is pretty low. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, they uh, There's somebody that surveys... Uh, senior Capitol Hill staffers for polls, ask them a bunch of questions like, how likely is it that uh, the Republicans take the House, et cetera, et cetera. And these are people that, in theory, would be in the know about this sort of thing or, you know, have as good an idea as anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, get to those next segment. Kind of interesting. This article in the New York Times over the weekend, I've experienced this. Maybe you don't unless you, if you don't ever drive on two-lane highways at night. But if you do, you know this. The, um, well, the headline, blinded by brighter headlights, it's not your imagination. The new headlights that they're putting on, particularly trucks and SUVs where they're up a little higher, shining your eyes, are just so much brighter by magnitudes of what we used to have in like the 80s and 90s. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, I live out in the country, so I do a lot of driving down a dark two lane highway at night. And if there's a vehicle coming, oftentimes I flash my brights and then they, f- they, you know, because I think they have their brights on, and then yeah. they flash me to let me know those are their dims. Oh my God, those right. are your dim lights. Yeah, they go from the spotlights to stadium lights to show you that they're dimmed. Yeah, and if you ever drive an older car, like uh, like our older pickup, I drove uh, one time in on the dark highway. How did we ever survive driving around with the headlights that existed pre the modern headlight? You could only see like 10 feet in front of you. Like we those... hit a lot of crap. That's how we dealt with it. <laughs> like those camp flashlights that you have to like hand yeah. crank up. To... <laughs> but the, they're going to have to come up with a standard on this because the headlight wars, you just you can't see anything if you're out there on a dark road at night and one of these vehicles is coming toward you. Are there NTSB rules about that? I don't know. Or maybe uh, there haven't been and they're going to be now, but they are super bright. I mean, because if you could mount, like, literally stadium lights, like it's a baseball right. stadium on right. the front of your pick-em-up truck, that can't be legal. You would think there'd be a rule. The next big thing in fashion, not washing your clothes. Ah, what? Fighting years of cultural conditioning, that's the next big thing. Uh, this author says, I've been wearing the same black t-shirt every single day for two weeks now, and I haven't washed it yet. <laughs> An aggressive oh, good lord. Scent. I may hold off washing this T-shirt for another few weeks. It miraculously looks and smells like it was just cleaned. It's a $65 T-shirt made up by a startup called Unbound Merino, founded in 2016, that creates wool travel clothes that could go for weeks without being washed. Whoa. And the idea Whoa. of not washing <laughs> a wool T-shirt. Whoa. Whoa. That's funny. 
Uh, the idea of uh, not washing your clothes is you don't use as much water and detergent and all that sort of stuff. This is environmentally yeah. driven. Okay. Right. Shut up. Unbound, this company is part of a broader wave of startups designing clothes that require less laundering. An eco-friendly brand called Pangaea, uh, which launched... <laughs> Do you have to say it like that? <laughs> which launched late last year and already counts celebrities like Jaden Smith and Justin Bieber as fans, creates an $85 seaweed fiber t-shirt yes, that are treated yes. with peppermint oil to keep the shirts fresher longer between washes. I believe yes. famous millionaires would like $85 t-shirts. I, I have no trouble believing that. The brand estimates that this Where will save... Wear your peppermint uh, seaweed t-shirt tonight, honey. The brand estimates that this will save about 3,000 liters of water over the course of a lifetime compared to a regular cotton t-shirt. Um, There's a menswear label named Wool and Prince. Wool and Prince. Which creates everything from $128 Oxford shirts to $40, yes. $42 boxer briefs out of wool. Well, treat, yourself, <laughs> treat yourself right. <laughs> Buy a $2,800 dress shirt. So that all started back when we decided that dumb people start sentences with wool. Well, I think we should. Right. It's a sign of the dumb. No doubt. This seems Whoa. like a. Well, why don't they make the whole plane out of the black box? <laughs> Whoa. 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 <laughs> Are they targeting cold weather communities with this? Because the, the not washing uh, leads me to believe it's better if you don't sweat. And the fact that these are all wool-based. <laughs> yeah. That if any yeah. sort of beach yeah. climate, this is a disaster. <laughs> Please. Yeah, yeah. try to sell these things in Memphis. <laughs> uh, last year, the company launched a uh, sister women's wear brand for, uh, for women that makes dresses that can be worn for 100 days straight without washing. Eee! Hmm, funky. No, uh, no offense, uh, but as I nuzzle up next to you, have you been wearing this dress for a hundred straight days without washing <laughs> it? An aggressive scent. Because it kind of like, seems like it could walk out of the room on its own. Can I date the dress? Well, I, the dress and I will go out. You can stay home. I got a couple of pairs of, like, wool socks. They're wool blend oh. socks. That's right. Well, um, and, and they are remarkable. I just changed them. I mean, they're the sort of socks that, like, uh, when we used to drive up to the mountain house, I'd throw them on at O-Dark 30 before doing the radio show, then race home, then Judy and I would drive up to the mountains, we'd do our thing, we'd walk back, sir, we'd go to sleep, I'd sleep with the socks on, I'd get up the next morning, throw on my hiking boots, still with the socks on. I just, I changed them because I got tired of them. Mm. They were amazing. They didn't get that weird, uh, how would you describe that feeling of socks that really need to be changed? They're yeah. kind of stiff and gross and cling to your feet. Yeah. Yeah. Sick I was going to say stuck to your foot. Yeah. That's that's when I know. Not um, good. I would pay $85 for a shirt I don't have to wash, but like once a month. That'd be pretty handy. That'd be worth a fair amount of labor and effort to me. Yeah, I just can't imagine it. I, I sweat. I sweat a, a, a fair amount in I know, I warm just, weather. I'll just buy one of these and try it out and see if I think it actually works. I, I'm going to buy one. I'll buy one and I'll do the experiment. All uh, right. What's the how, brand? How long are you going to go? Unbound. Pangaea, as I recall. <laughs> I think oh, that's, that's right. the one you need to go for. Yeah, Pangaea, the $85 seaweed fiber T-shirt. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, with the peppermint. Get it with the peppermint. Please. <laughs> So, this is a story about the... Hey, you smell like a candy cane, Jack. How long <laughs> since you washed your shirt? You smell like a combination of, I don't know, the ocean, uh, uh, peppermint, and armpit. Yeah. 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 
Be, How do you like me now? Be careful starting <laughs> conversation with strangers uh, with the line. When do you think I last washed this yeah. shirt? You know how long it's been since I washed this shirt? You'll be You're gonna shocked. be amazed. Whatever for, you guess, it's higher than that. Wait for the elevator door to close before you start. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. This article about the pandemic, and you know, I think everybody, everybody knows at this point. You don't even need to discuss it. That there's a, a pall. There's like a haze of discouragement and and to, to that point i'm talking to my doctor yesterday and he said how are you doing with this and that and everything like that and i said ah, you know same as everybody else he said um i have had people come in that have never had any mental issues any emotional anything ever in their lives never asked for drugs never brought it up ever mm-hmm. so many patients now you know turning to medication because it's having such an effect on so many people after so long. Right. And a lot of it, he said, uh, seems to fit in with this idea that we kind of felt like it was going to end at the end of 20. Just like you know, 2020. Oh, what could be more 2020 than that? Just a bad One year. One star. And, cannot recommend. Yeah, just a bad year. And it's, it'll be over. And then the vaccine yeah. and everything. And just it didn't. It's, at, you know, January was the worst month ever of the pandemic. The worst month ever. Um. And it's and it's affecting people. It's affecting their brain chemistry. Yeah. Well, that's clear. And I've been trying to figure out why exactly. And and we've talked about it a bit on the show. Uh, you know, a lot of the things that we used to do that are fun, people are not doing. I mean, that's reason enough. Well, the doctor actually went through kind of an example. He said, when you have a threat, you know, obvious fight or flight um, or freeze, uh, Fight, flight, or freeze. Um, but you deal with that, and then it's over. But if there isn't, like, if the if if a bear jumps out, you do the fight, flight, or freeze. But if yeah. there, if there's a bear at the entrance to the cave, and you're I'm just, fighting the bear, by the way, I'm that kind of guy. And you're just hunkered down in the cave, <laughs> and you're wondering when the bear's going to attack. After yeah. a certain amount of time, you'll get to the. I just don't care. I don't care if the bear attacks, doesn't attack. I just none. I don't care anymore because right. your your brain can only stay at that level for so long. Then you watch the Revenant, and you think, yeah, I do care for a while. <laughs> just don't let the bear get on top. <laughs> just no i hear you. you you can only stay in the this is a this is a crisis we need to be in crisis but you can only do that for so long that's just the way we're built right right and then different brain chemicals take over it's really interesting so there's that there's the lack of fun things to do uh i think a lot of us feel lack of anything to look forward to yes. the big exciting things we do and the reason i really like this atlantic article is she, she begins the the article talking about how she's a big uh, georgia football fan she's a georgia uh, alumni and uh, she is, un- sometimes unfortunately, she writes, a person who has spent a good chunk of her adult social life watching sports and bars, both with my actual close friends and with 500 or so fellow travelers at the New York City bar that hosts expat University of Georgia alumni during college football season. I've done a lot of that sort of thing. It is very fun. Um, And, and she goes on, she leaps from that to talk about, uh, I thought frequently of other people I had missed without fully realizing it. Pretty good friends with whom I had mostly done things that were no longer possible, like trying new restaurants together. Coworkers I didn't know well, but chatted with in the communal kitchen. Right. Workers at the local coffee or sandwich shops who could no longer dawdle to chat. The depth and intensity of these relationships varied greatly, but these people were all, in some capacity, my friends, and there was also no substitute for them during the pandemic. Tools like Zoom and FaceTime, useful for maintaining closer relationships, couldn't recreate the ease of social serendipity or bring back the activities that bound us together. And then she goes into uh, various sociologists uh, and psychologists who've studied 
the phenomenon of the different levels of relationships you have in the world, but it hadn't really occurred to me. Yeah, my, my, my close family and, and some of my best friends, yeah, we're in touch more or less, but there's that other layer that's just like gone. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a factor. Sure. Does. And for children? Oh, my God. Oh, my heart. Bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't even hardly think about it. You can't even hardly think about it. Uh, you know, getting back to the te- schools being closed and the teachers unions and everything like that. You're taking little kids with their little kid brains and their little kid emotions, and they're not getting to interact with all their friends and teachers in person and all that sort of stuff. Needlessly. Oh, my at this God. Point. Yeah, yeah. And for no reason. Right. That, that, that should not be left out of the conversation for no reason. Other than your greed. Yeah. It's just, it's one of the worst things that's ever happened in this country. A lot of people say masks make people look ugly. You can't see people's smiles. I think I, think I actually look better with a mask. I might keep wearing it long after the pandemic. Slimming. I find myself doing like overly exaggerated, like eye smiles yeah, at yeah, people trying absolutely. to. No, I'm, hey, I'm, this is me greeting you as a person yeah. existing I think in this everybody, space together. Everybody does that. It's instinctive. It's yeah. deep within us. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, guy got a face transplant and double hand transplant. Yeah, successful. Yeah, wow. Twenty-two year go, uh, two year, twenty-two mm, year old guy in a horrible car wreck got burnt and everything, and uh, but it's coming along well. I mean, it's 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 rough, but it's uh, and it's doable, and it will get better. Yes, absolutely. And yeah. having hands would be better than not having hands. I think we could all agree on that. Oh, that's incredible. Oh yeah, absolutely. Fell asleep while on his way home from work. Oh, boy. Hit the um, curb and flipped. But you know where we're headed toward. It'll happen soon. First, head transplant. First head transplant. Yes. Then we're into a new world. Yes. And then the eternal question, did you have a head transplant or a body transplant? I clearly had a head transplant because I'm getting mine transplanted onto one of those Boston Dynamic robots. Yes. Uh, yeah, I feel like that's the best long-term solution. Uh, once I decide to go for the full head transplant route... If sure. You, some days I'd do a uh, dive and roll. Someday I'd pick up heavy boxes. Some days I'd dance like those damn robots. <laughs> if you could, would you swap with a friend? Heads. <laughs> what kind of a question is that? <laughs> well, but no, you see, Michael, you go with your head. That's not, you don't get a new head. Your consciousness is not in your elbows. Unless your soul is in your chest, then you are your body. Your soul is what's important. Hey, maybe I misunderstood. <laughs> if I swap heads with a friend of mine, I'm now on his body. Exactly. I got think. it backward. Uh, and which direction did I want to go? I So we were talking about something, reminded me of something I thought was really important. Now I'll skip it. I'll come back to it later. Uber has made an acquisition. I'll bet Uber rides are way down, right? That's, that's oh, obviously yeah. true. If you think about it for a second, duh. Um, if flying's down 90%, then the number of people getting an Uber ride at the airport is down a lot. And nobody's going to a concert or a ball game or anything like that. So, yeah, Uber's got to be... Or just sharing a ride with a stranger, right, mm-hmm. in, in theory. But Uber just acquired Drizzly, the alcohol delivery startup, for $1.1 billion. Because they think that's going to be huge like going forward, but certainly for the next year or so. Hello. Alcohol what? delivery by Let's Uber. keep the party going. <laughs> I got an app. You pansies! I can't believe you're stopping. This is what do you mean we're all it's on the way? This Look is at that. the ultimate it party. Shows the progress. He's right around the corner. <laughs> wow. So if you're too hammered 
to go get more, and you're out. You have it delivered. That's beautiful. If that had existed back when I drank, I probably would be dead by now. Because <laughs> running out and knowing I couldn't drive was what saved me many times. No, wow. we got to get another case for the free delivery. <laughs> yeah, I guess the in my younger booth. days, I wasn't nearly as stocked up as I am now. Yeah. Yeah, you just you'd buy enough to drink that night and maybe underestimate a little bit. Maybe a couple of fellas come over. And then what do you do? Go to bed merely somewhat hammered? Certainly not. Uber's not stupid, and $1.1 billion is a lot. So obviously they think alcohol delivery is here to stay. Yeah, I have questions. What's the surcharge? I mean, I'm buying, a say, a $35 bottle of bourbon. What are they going to tack on there? Well, the main thing is I think it's it's going to be... It's going to make its money off of people that are inebriated. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And can't drive. That's, that's yeah. the, the, because the surcharge for that is like, uh, several thousand dollars and maybe losing your license. Right. right. If you go get it yourself. So whatever the surcharge is on the other end would be a good deal. Well, and you're drunk. So even if it's not a good deal, you probably don't care. Whatever. That's fine. Send. <laughs> <laughs> I like you're watching the progress. Oh, look, he's just on a quarter. This is real close. Almost. Everybody here. calm down. <laughs> Put the he's music lit. back on. Spin around a quarter for like five minutes. Oh, he's going the wrong way. He's going the wrong way. Everybody, come on. We got to go get him. <laughs> oh, boy. That will happen in every town in America. He Welcome to Positive Sean's Drunk Theater. People are shouting out the window. Ah! He must be stuck at the gate. Come on. (laughs) Hilarious. Armstrong and Getty. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.